Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Our second lesson of scripture this morning comes to us from the gospel according to Luke, chapter 4, verses 21 to 30. Uh, If you would like to follow along in the Pew Bible or in the bulletin insert, or if you're at home in a Bible of your own choosing. Let us listen now to God's holy word as it comes to us this day. Then he, Jesus, began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is this not Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, Do hear also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was severe famine all over the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except to a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There also were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them were cleansed except for Naaman the Syrian. When they all heard this, all in the synagogue, were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built, so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Gospel of Luke brings us inside the temple. This is important because the other Gospels, such as Matthew and Mark, they only offer a glimpse of what happens. And John, well, John being the odd Gospel out, doesn't include this at all. What Luke does show us is Jesus revealing the purpose of his ministry, almost his kickoff campaign, you might say. But his message doesn't hit home. (laughs) Instead of rousing people with enthusiasm and getting them all excited, uh, well, they feel differently, to say the least they actually are not enthused in the, in the way Jesus might have hoped, but they became enraged. 
I imagine them standing up, pointing their fingers at Jesus and saying, why aren't you helping us first? (laughs) You're from here. Your hometown needs you. Why aren't you doing for us what you're doing for those other people in that other town? What I love about this encounter with Jesus and the synagogue this morning is that for me and for us, it raises the question, if we encountered Jesus giving a similar message that he did back then, but in today's context, would we recognize him? Would we recognize a modern-day Jesus? Truth be told, probably not. Probably not. We'd most likely react like the temple goers, questioning Jesus' motives, his reasonings. But what if that was what actually happened? What if we couldn't recognize Jesus? How you feel about that is one thing. But I think there is room for grace that Jesus would show. That Jesus might be okay if we didn't realize who he was at first. Jesus, I think, would show that he has a much higher preference for showing what kind of space we can live into when the Spirit begins to change our hearts and minds. a spirit or a space for learning and for understanding. This is a question I think churches are asking themselves, not just these past couple of years, but even before then. And let me say, they all haven't been positive questions. Just here's some examples. A church once asked itself, what it would look like for them to open up their facilities to the community. It was a well-intentioned question, but maybe didn't end up the way Jesus would have hoped. For example, a foreign language church asked if they could use the church's chapel, which was separate from their sanctuary and fellowship room, but church leaders were hesitant, and they denied their requests for really what could be the most unconceivable reason is that they didn't want their uh, cultural food uh, leaving behind any lingering odors in the fellowship hall. This same church also installed security cameras because they were concerned that AA and NA attendees were stealing items from the church, groups where these people's neighbors and friends were actually attending a place where people came to seek healing. And of course, visions for attracting new members were not looking outside, but looking inside. How can we bring people in and make them practice and worship and do what we want them to do? Not what new things could they bring in and show us? Almost all of their ideas ran contrary to Jesus' message in our reading for today. The church I should say I'm referring to is not one church 
in particular. Instead, it's an amalgamation or a combination of churches made up of followers of Jesus who, like us, struggle to hear and experience the promises of Jesus, the promises that Jesus has fulfilled in their and ours midst. The expectation was that if their worship was meaningful, if their music was inspiring, and if the sermon was impactful, though not too long, if they were Presbyterians, God would bless them and their church would become the center that it once was. But we know this isn't true. That even if we keep trying the same thing over and over again, believing that it is, Jesus himself says it's not possible. In a slightly different context, we hear Jesus say, a prophet is not accepted in their hometown. If we are looking to form communities of similar things, we aren't looking for prophets. We aren't looking for outsiders to show us the bull's new vision where Christ is taking us. Friends, we cannot turn these prophets away. We must welcome them and allow their witness to breathe a new spirit. I originally wrote today's message with our congregational meeting in mind, and of course you know that was changed. But I would still like to share some thoughts on how we as a church and individuals might respond to what we hear Jesus saying this morning. That the promises that have been made in Scripture have been fulfilled and are continuing to be fulfilled in our midst. And how we might be a part of that work. So that we might recognize a modern day Jesus moving among us. Part of that, I think, starts with prayer. And I want to ask this question. When you heard the reading for today, did you wonder, perhaps, what it was those temple goers went to hear? What they were praying for? What their prayer life looked like? I do. I wonder what it was they were praying for, how often they prayed, what their prayers looked like. I wonder also in the same vein then whether I'm praying enough, whether I'm praying hard enough. Sometimes I wonder if I'm even praying for the right thing. What about you? If you were to see yourself in the crowd, where would you be coming from in your prayer life? What prayers have you been lifting up to God? What do those prayers look like? Because at first, it makes us question whether the people in the crowd were praying for the right thing. And at first it appears they weren't because they get mad with Jesus when Jesus refuses to do what they want him to do. And perhaps we feel similarly when we find that our prayer life is filled with these ups 
and downs, of getting our hopes up and wrestling with disappointments, that could lead us to a point like the people gathered in the synagogue. Maybe, though, in questioning how we find our own prayer lives to be going, we might ask ourselves whether or not we are looking or whether or not we just can't see yet the prayers that are being answered in a different way, in a form we didn't consider Jesus answering them. This year, I invite us to continue to pray, to cultivate a life of prayer, of paying attention to what it is and how it is God is guiding us. The other thing I think is important in this movement to help us discern our path is action. Scripture teaches us that our prayers are a part of our spiritual lives and that they lead to a call to action. Now I know most churches like ours, and even large churches, this isn't, I think, a large or small church thing, that at some point most people have done some role at least once. And those same people keep rotating in and out. Just a a little bit of a a nerd reference, I guess you might say, is it reminds me of this uh, fictional race in Star Trek where they're omnipotent and exist outside of time, and they talk about how bored they are with life because each one of them has done a little bit of everything even being a a dog or the newspaper that someone else is reading. We all, though, when we look here at the church in our lives, we realize that we've all done something once, or most of us have, and it's hard to see what it looks like to breathe new energy into that. But as our prayers lead us to a call to action, we hear and we remember that we have a responsibility of putting our faith into action and being led by God to a place that leads us outside of our home. Whether serving as a ruling elder or a deacon or as perhaps a various team member on one of our committees of bringing new ideas to the table, offering some way to make them a reality, all this is turning our professions of faith into actionable things. Now, we'll get some things wrong. We'll bungle it up. That's fine. There's no reason to get mad at one another. Because even if that is the case, we hear this morning that as the crowd pushes Jesus to the edge of a cliff, Jesus didn't cast down any kind of thunderbolt or divine wrath. Instead, Jesus passes through them and continues on his way. Jesus allows them a new space then after he leaves to consider what it is the Spirit is saying to us today. The last thing I want to touch on in this work is, I think, mission. And she's not here in person, so I hope she doesn't mind me doing this. (laughs) 
But I would not blame our ruling elder for mission for feeling like I sold them a false bill of goods when I asked them if they would consider serving on session as our mission elder, who then ended up leading up our task force for uh, uh, the pandemic. But I love them for it. It shows out how we live into our identities uh, in ways that are flexible. But mission, I bring it up, is a good example because we can follow Jesus then bringing our faith into action outside of the comforts of our hometown and to bring the hope of the gospel out into our neighborhood. But it takes more than one ruling elder for mission. It takes more than a dedicated group who sits on session. It takes more than a pastor to make this vision a reality. This year, I would love for us to consider how we hear this teaching of Jesus and how it might call you to consider joining the work of mission in whatever new forms that takes. You don't even have to be Presbyterian folks. You don't have to be a ruling elder. What you need to bring is yourselves, your stories, your passions, your vision for what our lives together can be. And I'm sure that if you are interested at all in what that might look like, myself or our ruling elder for mission would be happy to talk with you. As we head out into the world, we hear what it is that Jesus is saying. We hear, but it's a different question of whether or not we understand, which is why we gather together in community with one another. So let us continue to pray, to act, to turn our faith into action that leads to mission. And I realize that spells PAM, and as a Presbyterian, I just could not think of a better acronym, uh, though I do love PAM for cooking with. <laughs> That's not an endorsement, but... I understand that these past years have been hard. But I believe, friends, that as we hear Jesus talking about what faith and action can look like, we too can carry that out today. So friends, let us be on the lookout for Jesus in our midst today and where it is he is calling us to be the people of God. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.